listening to the Braveheart Podcast. Today's podcast is a portion of a class Peter is teaching at Christ for the Nations Institute. He is teaching through his book, Back to the Gospel, which focuses on Jesus, the why behind our salvation, and the joy of the new covenant. Open your Bible to John 15, please. So I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, I might have touched on it. Um, I want to talk to you about, about how, in light of, of what we've been talking about, righteousness, which is our design, right? God, God created us righteous, and environment. So design and environment. Um, so some years ago, well, I don't know actually when it was now, I, I heard the Father, uh, I was spending time with the, with the Lord, and, and He said, He said, Son, He said, what, uh, which of my cre- uh which one of my uh, creations tries to be what I created to be? Did I share this with you guys already? And I, I said, none, Lord. And he, and he said, he said, Christians are the only ones who try to be what I created them to be. And so I touched on that. I introduced that concept. And so I want to I dive a little bit deeper because um, I want to actually give you guys uh, confidence to know, okay, how do I, if all of this is true, if I'm righteous, if, if I have fellowship with God, then how do I grow in God? Anyone have that question? Yeah. Like, how do I partner with what's true to grow in God? That's a really important question because that's how we're going to experience salvation. Um, stay, in, stay in John there, but I just want to read this to bring this home uh, because your salvation, though it was past tense, it's also present tense and future tense, Right? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, stay in John 15, but he says, I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, past tense, in which you stand, present tense, and by which you are being saved, present future tense. Right? And he says this, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So it's possible to believe the gospel in vain. How? Y'all didn't like that. It's possible to believe the gospel in vain because here he says, unless you believed in vain. What would it look like to believe the gospel in vain? What's the if? What's the conditional if? Yeah, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you. So we know that we've been, we've been talking about the word, have we not? So in the word, you're born again by the word, right? The living, abiding Word of God. So Paul preached a word to him, and in the word we know came two things. Came a new identity called righteousness. Okay? And it also came with an environment. What's the environment that righteousness grows in? Grace. And we know that grace is a person, right? It's Jesus. So... So grace, so the word preached gave us, an, gave us a design. We have a new design and we have the right environment. So the question is, how do, we, how do we partner with God's design to see us grow up into the fullness of Christ, right? Let me, let me explain it this way. How many of you, uh, some, many of you grew up in the country, right? Garrett, you a farmer? Yeah. You are? Okay. If, if you don't know how a seed works... If you don't know how a sunflower seed works and you're really, really hungry, or you don't know how a, 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 a potato works, right? And you take that potato 
you have 100 potatoes and you got to feed your family. If you take that potato and you don't know the design of the potato and you stick it in the ground and you bury it and you don't understand design, it seems stupid. You just wasted a meal, right? Because right. you could boil those things, make mashed potatoes, whatever it is. So if you don't understand design, then what you do with the design is going to seem foolish. The reason why what I'm about to articulate, when, when you don't understand Christian design, when you start partnering with God's design, it seems foolish to the carnal mind. Right? Well, why wouldn't I just take, take the seed and, and eat it? Well, because if you plant it, it'll produce a hundredfold. That's a lot, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, then you understand the design. You go, wow, let's plant all of them, right? When you understand the design, now all of a sudden your mind is renewed and you partner with that design. Here's the deal. Many Christians don't know how, they don't know how to plant their righteousness in grace and they don't know how to grow up in God. So what happens is we end up just trying to uh, you know, apply all these spiritual truths to our lives, hoping that fruit happens. You guys are in John 15, right? <clears throat> Jesus said this, He says, I am the true vine and my Father is the fi- vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Read that again. Already you are clean. I feel led to say this. Watch what happens to your heart and mind when we start reading the Word. If your mind starts going somewhere else, just like bring it back. You know what I'm saying? It happens. I felt it happen. Because the, 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 your carnal mind is at enmity against the Word of God. It is. It's, it's hostile towards His Word. And so when you read, you have to like, oh, wait a minute. It's totally cool, but that's what happened. Even my, I'll start reading. I'm like, wait a minute, what am I? You're thinking about something else. You weren't there. You know what I'm saying? Look at this. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples." Check this out, verse 9. Don't skip over this. Don't tune out. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Wow. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus... When Jesus walked the earth as a man, He was bound to His identity. He was a man, but He was God. He couldn't act outside of God, but He acted within God as man. Are you with me? Like He couldn't have acted like a sinful man because He wasn't sinful. He was bound to His righteousness and right relationship to His Father. Right? He was was bound to His nature. It was possible because He was a man, just like it's possible for us, 
as new creatures, right? Like we can sin, but we're not bound to sin. It was the same with the Lord. He, he was bound by nature, and so he, he lived in right relationship with his, God, with, with his Father, with His new nature. That's why He did. He, he bore all that fruit that we study. We study Jesus' fruit, and we're like, I want that fruit. So point number one, the seed of righteousness that's planted in your heart is meant to be it will only start bearing roots. This was the seed. If this was Jesus, the seed in, in Mary's womb, those roots began to grow as a man as he had fellowship with the Father and with people. So you say, well, I want to grow up in God. Then walk in the light like Melissa was saying. Walk in vulnerability and fellowship, not just with God, but with those around you. I, I want to say this because you're in Bible school. I am very wary of people who have a deep spiritual connection and revelation with God and don't have any friends. And they're, they're all around you. People that have like, oh, they get crazy revelation. They're super deep in the Lord. But like, they don't have any friends. They don't, they don't walk with anyone. They're not in the light with anyone. Not, I'm not discounting what they have in God, but, but it's not complete. And it's, and it's lacking. Your, your depth of connection with God should equal a depth of connection with people. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that person has to have 100 friends, but if, if there's no one that they're walking in the light with, because here's what happens. When you get really deep with God, here's a temptation for you, because many of you, this may, this may be a temptation. I've experienced this, so I feel like I can... You, you're tempted to feel like when, when God is showing you these massive, beautiful things about what He's like, and no one around you gets it, it's hard to fellowship with them because you, you don't feel like you're truly known. You feel misunderstood. You feel like, well, man, I'm wanting to live pure in this way. They're still making coarse jokes, and that makes me not feel super connected to them. And so what you do is you withdraw and pull back because you don't know how to relate in humility to people that are different than you, that aren't in the same spiritual plane as you. When, when in reality, one of the ways you're going to grow up in God, think about how... Think about how Jesus felt. If, if you feel that disparity, think of how Jesus felt when He walked the earth. Think of the disparity of revelation of the Father, yet He still walked in vulnerability with, with really one. John was His best friend. Then He had two more, Peter and James. And then He had you know nine more that were, that were in His close camp. Right? He had really one close. He had two very close. And then He had nine more that were His, his boys. And so... I just submit that to you because you guys are in this, this beautiful place where you're just getting pumped full of God, but, but let your spiritual growth be in proportion to your relational growth. And I'll tell you this, guys, this day and age, I'm so passionate and convicted about this. I'm, I'm convicted about the gospel, but man, specifically to you, man, watch yourself with the media. The social media, like, like their relational, true relational connections are being destroyed through this stuff. We don't know how to be intentional in relationships. We don't know how to like pick up the phone and call. Your gener- my generation, I'm at the top end of y'all's generation-ish. We're all kind of mixed here, but we don't know how to make a phone call. It's really, if you don't, if you're not swimming counter to that flow and stream of life, it will overtake you. So doing nothing about it means that you're doing something about it. 
And I, I am, I am, I do feel the Father like on that, like for you guys, like, hey, be mindful of it. Be mindful of developing meaningful connection. And I'll just tell you this, it's hard. You may be the only one pursuing those connections for a while because there is a culture in Tide where we are, we are so accustomed to connecting via media channels. And it's not, it's not all bad, but if it's, if it's replacing all your meaningful connections, you will suffer and your kids will suffer and your life will suffer because blood flows in a body through connection. You're not on your, you're not by yourself. So, so the first thing I want to present to you saying, okay, what do I do? How do I, okay, now all this is true. Be in connection with with the body, meaning walk in the light, be in fellowship, be in friendship with people. You want to grow up in God? Go have a coffee and just share your heart. Did you know you'll actually become more like Christ fellowshipping around tacos and coffee than, than striving by yourself and going, man, I'm going to grow up in God like this? Did you know that? That, that just maybe you're trying to overcome something. Maybe your answer is just in being connected to the root system, the, the circulatory system, the blood system of God in his body. And that you open yourself up through walking in the light and being vulnerable. Right. When you do that, when you open yourself up now, all of a sudden, if I open myself up to Liam and I share something that's going on in my life, not to get righteous, not to get right with God, but because I need I need his strength to come into my life. All of a sudden, him just listening. Love is patient. When he patiently listens to me, there is a inflow of love in life of Jesus that's supernatural that will strengthen me and heal me and, and forgive me. Right. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. What in the world? Maybe some of your issues would would be resolved if you sat down with a group of two or three people, not to confess, to get right with God, but to go, man, I want to live in the light with you. And I want you guys in in your strength and who you are as a a man of God or woman of God. I want you to I want who you are to 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 flow into me. And I do that through self-disclosure of where I'm at. There's a there's a rhythm of life. There's a rhythm. I want you guys. I'm going to I'm going to be speaking sort of in a parable today, but if you track with me, what I'm sharing with you is super deep and it will change your life. I promise you. And it's, it's like ancient deep. The sun comes up every morning and it runs its course and it goes down every evening. And there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm that God has designed that everything he's created grows within that environment. God's an environment God. And there's an environment of grace. When you live under grace, you live in a heavenly environment that allows who you are in God to grow up. And what that looks like is some manner of, of, of rhythm, of, of alone time with God. If you look at Jesus, His time with the Father was before the Son came up. And then, and then what happened is he would, he would go about His day doing all manner of things. And then in the evening, after the sun would go down... He would spend more time with his father. And so there was a rhythm. He would literally, quite literally, he would walk in the light, but he would sit in darkness. Psalm 110, you can write this down. This will change your life. I hope you hear this. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Psalm 110 calls this the womb of the morning. The womb of the morning. What happens in a womb? Forming. 
Can you see what's being formed in a womb without a sonogram? You can't, can you? It's dark. People hate the womb because they want to be seen. This is where growth happens. It doesn't have to be literally in the morning, but I think there's something profound because it's dark, it's before, it's hidden, it's secret. God is still fashioning men and women in the womb of the morning. Men and women of God are still fashioned in the womb. You were fashioned in your mother's womb in the natural, but spiritual sons and daughters of God are formed in the night, in the darkness when no one's looking. And so if you're desiring to be on the stage in the fullness of light on the noonday sun with Jesus bearing all of your gorgeous fruit, then welcome to your school. Let Him form you. Can I, can I share a thought with you that I was pondering this week? Jesus, how old was He when He started His ministry and people started to hear His name and His Instagram followers went up? 30. He was 30. So you're telling me the Son of God, the Ancient of Days... The one through whom everything was created was an 18-year-old boy walking around. And no one knew his name. And he had an assignment from his father to reconcile the entire world to himself. And he sat on that assignment for 29 years and 364 days. He just sat on that assignment as a beloved son. No one knew him. Can you imagine? 29 years in the womb on earth. No one knew him. Just walking with his daddy. Wasn't in a rush. Wasn't in a hurry. Just, his dad's like, hey, we just need three good years. I want to tell you, you're in Bible school. I know many of you feel like you're behind already. You're like, I'm behind. I'm late. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. I want to be further along. And... and most of you, majority of you are not yet 30. <laughs> Some of you are. But listen, it has nothing to do with your age and everything to do with your father and the timing of your father. And y'all, if you get this lesson, you will get so free. You, you will get so free in your heart. You'll no longer have to promote yourself. You will just entrust yourself to the womb. You know what's so cool about a womb, guys? I've seen... Four, now five of these things happen. The womb is so cool because the, the design takes over. The egg, everything comes happen. It happens. The design takes over. And in, in a set amount of time, everyone say time. It's a fixed amount of time. It's about nine months incubation time for a human being in the womb. There's this thing called birth that happens that you can't stop. So when you trust the design of God and you stay underground and you let your seed just kind of incubate in the soil and you let the water of the Word wash you, that's the next one. Because what does this seed, if it's, a, if it's an actual seed, what does it need? We know it needs soil, right? We're talking about design. What else does it need? Water, right? Does it need water? It needs water to grow. If I take that seed, if you think that seed of righteousness within you, and you take it out and you put it over here on the sidewalk. Let's say this is the sidewalk. 
And let's say this is the seed of righteousness, the spirit and the word and your spirit connected, right? And this is the right environment. But let's say you put over here and you put your little, your little acorn and you set it on a sidewalk. Just sitting up there on a sidewalk. And you start telling it every day, grow. You grow. Bear fruit. Come on, bear fruit. What's it going to do? It's going to rot. <laughs> right? What happens if you even try to water it and it's on the sidewalk? Whoa. If the water of the Word, you can throw the Word at it all you want. And it just soaks it, but it doesn't do anything. Why? It rots it. Why? Because it's not in the right environment. So, so, but when you take it, you put it in soil, which is community, which is fellowship with your Father, and you water it. That's the Word. So you're like, how do I grow? You realize that when you read this, you're receiving life and water for your righteousness, and it's causing it to grow up. There's, there's a design. You have to trust God's design of you as a new creation. You have to trust it. You, have to, you may not understand it, but there will be a peace that passes your understanding and you trust it. Now, what else does it need? If you put this thing in the ground and there's rain coming on it, but it's dark 24 by 7, what's going to happen to that thing? So what does it need? The sun. How does something... Have you ever seen a tree sit in the sun? Did you know that it receives life when it sits in the sun? Did you know that? Yes. It's receiving nutrients from the sun. Do you see a, a connection between John 15 and this reality? So everything in its created order, Jesus is pointing back to His creation. He's saying, hey, if you abide in the vine, you'll bear much fruit. What's He saying? You have a good design. You're connected to Me. If you abide, My design will take over and fruit will happen. And if there's a part of you that's not producing fruit, and, you, and it's a part of your life that you see, and you're like, man, that's, an, that's not a very fruitful part of my life. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to get your own pruning shears out and clip it off yourself? How free would we get if we trusted our dad as the vine dresser? We abided in the vine. We literally just sat there and we received nourishment in community. We walked in the light. We stayed in the word, in prayer, fellowship. And all of a sudden we look around and we're bearing fruit for God. I want to, I want to make a note on the sun. So practically, practically, this looks like walking in the light, spending time with people. Practically, this looks like reading the Word with Jesus. What, is, what does it look like when something sits in the sun? It abides, right? It just receives the sun. This is the sun. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And faith comes by looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So now we've looked, we have an environment of faith and grace. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And faith comes by looking to the Son, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. So your faith will be perfected as you behold Jesus. And listen, this is what the Lord told me. He said, busyness is a shade. Busyness becomes a shade that keeps you from receiving the light and the affection of heaven. Busyness. Why? You have to be still underneath the sun. I'm talking about literal, physical stillness. I want to share this with you. Uh, uh, within the last uh, two weeks, no, month, there was someone that reached out to me that was, had, a, had a pretty profound struggle in his life, and his heart was really a mess. And in, in conversation, I'm asking him about his secret place, his secret time. I'm, I'm consulting his environment. 
This is how I counsel people, by the way. They come to me and they say, hey, they're normally pointing to some bad fruit in their life. And I just ask about their environment. And usually this is just pastoring 101. If, oh man, this will just, this will help you so much. This is pastoring 101. If you understand this landscape and God's design, you can, you can actually narrow down and find the problem. They can say, well, I'm spending time in the word. I'm spending stillness. Yeah, but who, are you walking with him? Well, no, I'm not. You know that this is the problem. And you can say, hey, I encourage you, get some guys around you in fellowship with them, sharing the light. Or all of a sudden you, you'll realize people that are really suffering, they have none of this in their life. And they're bearing all the bad fruit and they're trying to fix the fruit, but they don't understand the design or the environment. And that's where the hard work comes involved. When they think that their seed is bad and that their environment is the law, that creates a death-filled environment. Sin rules and reigns in that environment. So the reason why I'm preaching you into this environment, you have to understand that this seed is a good seed. If I put a faulty seed in the ground, you'll have no faith that it's going to come up and bear. If you don't trust the seed inside of you, you'll never do this. You won't trust it. You'll just try to bear fruit all by yourself. That's where striving comes from. Rest comes from going, wow, God, thanks for what you did. When I went through the death, burial, and resurrection, I came up this brand new seed that's perfect like the sun that's connected to the sun. Right? And I'm born into this environment. And so busyness becomes a shade. You need, I prescribed this guy. I said, hey, uh, I discerned. I said, you, you're doing all the right things and you know all the right things. I said, let me ask you. I said, you, you feel a little busy. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I said, okay. I said, just try this for me. I said, I, I don't, I don't want to put any expectation on what might happen. I said, but um, I would like for you to take 30 minutes to an hour each day um, without your Bible, without your phone, and I want you to go into a room, do it in the morning, do it in a quiet time. And I want, you to just, I want you to just sit there in stillness before the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We've overcomplicated that. Many of you are like, I need more strength. Okay, go into a room. I'll give you this. Go into a room, get before the Lord and wait for Him. And the Bible says your strength, your inner strength will be renewed by doing this. See, in the, in the world, we have to get our strength by doing this, right? In working, in physical, in the kingdom, you get your strength by doing this. Get real still before the Lord. Put your phone, your Bible, your music in a different room. No, but no, my, my, not my music. Yeah, yeah. Put it all in a different room and get alone with your thoughts. And all of a sudden, this is what the guy told me. He said for 40 minutes, he's been doing it for an hour every week, and he's, he's literally... Like the stuff is just growing. He said, for 40 minutes, my thoughts were going crazy. And I told him they would. I said, your thoughts are going to go. I said, your inner world right now is loud. Your inner world is loud. This is why your heart's numb is because you don't have a place of peace inside to go. You don't know where to sit with the Lord. You have all of the right things that you're saying and doing outside, but you don't have an inner place to know and to be in the presence of the Lord within. The consciousness of God, right? You have to have that awareness. Where is he right now? If I were to ask you, where is he? Can you, can you sense him? Can you discern him? Are you conscious of his presence? That's home. That's the, that's the Christian life. You have, to, you have to be able to abide in the vine, which is, means 
You have to have that because if you don't have that sense or awareness of his presence, now you're living life on your own apart from the vine. And man, this guy, this guy said after the 40 minute mark, just stuff, boom, started popping off his heart. He started weeping. He didn't know why he felt his heart coming alive again. Why? Because he took off the shade and he let the sun shine. He sat under the sun. If I'm running around with an umbrella, the sun is not going to be able to come in and do what it's meant to do. There's a design, guys. And if you understand and trust this design, you're like, I don't believe you. Just try it. Try it and watch the fruit. And then look, here's the cool thing. You have this stick figure is the father. And these are pruning shears. And guess what? Do you know how invested he is in this vine, in these branches? Oh, he's so invested. He's so dialed in to the vine, which is his son, and all the branches that are coming off. He's so dialed in. Your father is. And so you're not out here alone, orphaned by yourself. You actually have this amazing father who loves you and who's carefully, he's called, he's a husbandman. He's a gardener and he's gardening your heart. He's gardening your life so that more of Christ can come out. Do you believe that God, the Father, is more invested in your Christian growth than you are? He's vested, is He not? He sowed a big seed into your life. Anyone sowed a big financial seed into your life? Anyone? How confident are you that if you need something lesser, they're going to help you? Why? Because they're invested. How invested is the Father in your life? So these three simple things, in terms of your environment... This is how we deal with sin. This is walking by the Spirit. Doesn't it make sense that, that, that walking by the Spirit would be in line with all of His creation? That if we're a first fruits of His creation, that, we, that our Christian life would take the form of all the other creation? How does anything, how does a little baby tiger grow up and be a big tiger? It receives milk, nourishment, and that's what verse 9 is all about. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Growth in the new covenant comes through His affection. So here's a big, here's, here becomes a really big sort of searching of the word. Do you allow God to bestow His affection upon you? Do you doubt His affection for you? Do you doubt it? Because if you doubt it, what you're ultimately doing is you're blocking the inflow of your very life. What you were meant, the source of your life is God's smile and His affection for you, His love for you. That's what the Bible says. That if without His love, the same love that the Father gave Jesus, so have I loved you. Jesus loving us is our life. And it's where all fruit comes from. listening to the Braveheart podcast. For more information on Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org.